Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. Every Thursdays, join us as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. John Murphy, The Return, The Myth, The Legend. How's it going, John? It's going great. It's going great. Great to be back. Nice, nice. Nice to be here. Nice, nice. Now, you've had John on before because I wasn't here yet. Tell me a little bit about him. Oh, jealousy. Yes, (laughs) uh, John Murphy is actually one of the guys that I love to like nerd out on theology and philosophy we can talk a little bit of geek stuff but a comic book but that's not your spiel really you're like um it's okay star wars eh, it's all right but when it comes to this stuff the nerdiest nerd of theology like the hypostatic union i was like well you see um uh saint uh so uh again everybody thank you for joining the show i am roger and this is my co-host i'm dusty also the man the myth the legend oh i don't know about that i'm just a humble servant a genuflexer for our our lord jesus christ and as always we're here because we like to uh, talk about our faith um, and analyze modern uh, subjects, news, yes. um, e- even geeky subjects like comic books and Star Wars films and uh, all kinds of stuff. But we're glad that you're joining us today. It's interesting because I'm just getting to know a little bit about John, but I already feel a kindred spirit because John says, I grew up a cradle Catholic, but I really didn't know my faith until later. And that's my story too. I didn't really know or live my faith, even though I was an altar boy and I went to Catholic Uh school and, uh, you know, everything Uh else. But yeah, John, tell, tell me a little bit more about why you decided to, to, to dive so deep into our faith and to, to, to dive into all this amazing wisdom that we have in our faith. Uh, growing up, I was raised traditionally Catholic, but I didn't have a lot of Catholic friends. And so, uh, I was sort of on an Island with my faith as a, as a young person. And then I went to boarding school, like my junior and senior year, which was a Catholic school. And so I remember taking a religion class there and we actually studied world religion and and it had a profound impact on me. And I should have seen that I had more of an interest in theology and spirituality and religion back then, but that just didn't. That was not what I was interested in in my teens and 20s. And what were you interested in in your teens and 20s? I'm, I'm curious. Mm. <laughs> I, I was interested Wait, in... This is a PG uh, show. This is a PG show, John. So just... <laughs> just. Uh, I mean, parties and women, you know, and pretty much the like, you know. Very uh, interesting. Live music, things of that nature. Uh, Where did you, you grow know, up? I grew up in Auburn, Alabama. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and, so, and and what was it like at that time to be growing up in uh, in Auburn, Alabama, being a good little Catholic boy? Uh, what, uh, what were some of the issues? Like, what was going on at that time? I'm envisioning not a lot of Catholics in Alabama, right? Like, if you think of Alabama, probably not I mean, a lot of Catholics. There are some good ones, you know, some good Catholics, and there are good parishes there, but it's certainly nothing like San Antonio, you know. In San Antonio, I'm like, hmm, I can go to this parish today because I missed this mass and this one closer to me. And, you know, there's like, there's hundreds of churches to choose from. When I grew up, there was only one Catholic church, St. Michael's Catholic Church, you know. So it's like, that was the church that you'd go to. There were no Catholic schools, you know. 
it wasn't until I, I went away to school that I went to Catholic school. St. Michael's but, Church. St. Michael's St. Catholic Church, Church wow, that, in that, Auburn, that, Alabama. That's appropriate for today's yeah, topic, Yeah, I was going right? to say, that is so appropriate because I know you're a huge, huge proponent of St. Michael the Archangel. Uh, we've had many talks about angels, about the hierarchy of angels, the nine choirs, the sheriffin, the archangels, the thrones, many different nine and i also pray the saint michael chaplet uh, so if you guys uh well, i know you did john but have you ever heard of the saint michael chaplet i've heard of it but i've never actually prayed oh, it myself I like it. so you pray it's similar to our father the three hail marys and okay. then you invoke the nine choirs of all the angels the cool. virtues the throne yeah so i'm excited today john because today we're going to talk about demons Ooh. we know about exorcisms, right? We know that there are evil spirits that hate our guts and they want us to fail. They don't like us and they'll use us in any other way. They'll use things. So there are things called ordinary demon attacks. Now these are not like in the movies. You're not going to see any of that. It's just temptation. Just temptation. Those are the ordinary demon attacks. Now, of course, the extraordinary attacks, that's infestation. The presence of an evil, like in a location or object, um, i.e. Uh, the Annabelle doll or any other creepy doll for some reason. It's always haunted. It's like, I don't know why that is, but it is. Vexation. Vexation. These are like physical attacks. Obsession. Mental attacks. And then you have the full-blown death con one possession. Taking over of the body. The actual physical. That's the scary one. That's the one that you don't want no part of. You don't want no part of this, like definitely. That's the one you want to avoid. So, but it's interesting that exorcists themselves, they're like trained to be very skeptical. They have to get like medical professionals involved before they even do the right. It's a lot of stuff. They have to be like that. And the bishop has the final say on when to do the actual exorcism. But also the demons like to find points of entries to attack. It could be mortal sin, if you're in mortal sin, uh, things as the occult, if you're into the occult, as you know, probably most people are, like, oh yeah, I'm casually into the occult, you just have like a big old witch book like laying out, don't do that, don't do that, that that's good advice, don't do that. But what you could do pr to protect these attacks, well, first things, prayer, the sacraments, and being close to God. So that's kind of like the demon side from like exorcisms and stuff that we might see or very few because they are very rare uh john from more of like the theological side or the kind of what you've dug into about demons uh what are demons by the way what what, what are they well i mean you know most of what we know i would say probably comes from scripture mm -hmm. you know yeah and most of most of what the the common uh you know, theological interpretations or you know are that you know they are fallen angels yeah you know, that they were they were once uh you know are they are spiritual beings that uh chose a different route than the holy angels which are still uh basically in line with the will of god and then the fallen angels have chosen to basically go against the will of god mm. and you know this is a really difficult uh concept to really you know sink our teeth into because it's like well what state do that do they exist in like how is this were they there before you know at what point in time in creation did, did they did they appear you know 
Like, were they in some sort of eternal state first? Like, there's a lot of the kind of unknowns that we have. And then we know that, uh, that they are somehow here in this world, you know, uh, in an unseen portion of this world somehow. Uh, and like you said, they're, they're sort of working in our minds and our hearts more than anything. Definitely. Uh, tempting, tempting us. And uh, in many ways, you know, the only times that we give really any power to an entity like this is when we sin, you know, and, and this is why Jesus, you know, referred to Peter even, you know, as, you know, he says, get behind me, Satan, you know. Yeah. Let that be a, let that yeah. be a warning to all human beings, mm. all mankind, that at any point in time when we're doing the will of men and we're not seeking to do the will of the Father, then we are manifesting that, you know, in our own hearts. And so, uh, you know, we have to make sure that we're, like you said, we're, we're praying and that we're, we're constantly drawing closer to God so that we can be in line with his will. Because that's kind of the thing. You have these angelic beings that are the holy angels that are there singing, holy, holy, holy. You know, they're perfectly, you know, like they're, they're, they're part of that you know, divine will. They're sharing in God's will. They're doing, you know, they've got their functionality. They're at peace with that. You know, these are virtuous beings. Um, you know, they're not just strong-willed. They, they are like exuding virtue. And you know what's interesting is we have the nine choirs of angels and the actual, the demons also have their little hierarchies, which sure. makes sense because how they fail ours the nine choir and then the demon yes with demons or should we not take them seriously at all should we even acknowledge their existence well you know that's a very interesting question because i think even within our church right now one of the biggest things that we are dropping the ball on is our church leadership not even being in agreement as to whether or not the devil is real oh very and sad. It, which is kind of a head scratcher right um what do you mean <laughs> we've all heard the saying you know the greatest uh, trick the devil ever pulled was convincing you he wasn't real and yes. yet we have a lot of high a, a lot of people a lot of our leadership priests etc there are some parishes when you call uh, the parish seriously and you ask for help with the spiritual battle they don't even like tell you the right Thing or like they don't even have anybody you call wow. up ask for do do an experiment call up and ask you know if you can get an exorcism and what see is what, that like what, what is it? that right guess and, which so. is kind of sad because yeah. we know from our own cate catechesis and our own history that demons definitely are real and um i think the the answer for me and this comes from me interviewing talking to on a personal level for many different reasons we can get into those later um, some of the leading exorcists in the Catholic Church, some of the leading exorcists in America. Um, uh, not only am I fascinated by the topic as a television and film producer, right, <laughs> and potentially looking for stories and documentaries there, but also as a Catholic and living through some pretty demonic stuff, I think. Wow. Um, and that's not something I like to talk about a lot because it, it, it it's distracting about what the real story is with our faith. But I had one, the reason I'm even touching upon this is to set the story that I had one priest who is a, a trainer of exorcists. So he's like the exorcist's exorcist, right? <laughs> um, 
tell me that how we should consider demons and why demons are so tremble at the sight of the cross is because it reminds them of something that that took ha- that ha- that happened that took place, mm. which was the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ and His um, being able to win that battle uh, by coming back, resurrecting. That symbol to a demon is like the scoreboard, baby. Um, <laughs> demons before that time, the way he put it, were like the size of chimpanzees. It could cause a lot of damage, right? Physically and spiritually, etc. But after that time, yeah. after our Lord was able to conquer death and come back and, and save us, um, the damnation and the power of evil changed. And now demons, if we let them, are more like gnats, mm. okay, in their power and their ability. Very annoying, okay? by the way. Annoying, okay. <laughs> right? They can be annoying. It can be difficulty, especially yes. if there's an infestation of Very. them. Very However, their power is not as much if you also recall the crucifixion of our Lord, right? And, um, and, you know, as I'm sitting here listening to you guys talking about it, one of the things that came to me is you set the table, Roger. You said, you know, there's different types of demonic possession. There's obsession. There's the actual physical possession, et cetera. Yeah. And, and I know from uh, one of my church groups recently, we talked a lot about... Um, being in solitude and that's one place where the devil can have a lot of influence on you when you are in solitude and one of the things i started thinking about was your list uh recently after the uvalde shooting Mm -hmm. of some of the things that some of these shooters all have in common Mm -hmm. is it worthy of discussion that maybe there's demonic influence here definitely 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 there's yeah even as as john's like yes yes there is you know, be careful, you know, like it, people would look at that as a cop out. People that aren't spiritual and that do not believe in those things look at that the same way they look that they look at prayer. Like it's a cop out, like it's a waste of time, like that's missing the mark. But the fact of the matter is, is that that is the mark, you know, and, and we're missing it by ignoring the mark, you know, that prayer works, that you know, there is spiritual warfare and that. You know, some of these young men, unfortunately, were certainly subjected to that, you know. But good luck talking about that in the public forum or at the political level. You know, the hatred even, of... Like, like you were saying earlier, Dusty, we can't even get the church leadership to talk about it. Clearly, yeah. You know? yeah, and one of the things, too, you know, is these are all things that, as far as I know, the, the more I've learned about spiritual warfare... There is a set of rules. There mm-hmm. are hierarchies. There are blacks and whites, and and whether they like it or not, the demons have to follow these yeah. rules. Yeah, that's kind of weird, like kind of funny. Like it's kind of funny. Like, it's kind of weird, but it's yeah. actually like it has our. Uh, it has yeah. the 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 very basis of these things. You know, comes from our catechesis and from our church and from our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and. And, and the apostles and everything else and the way things play out. Now, I say that because one of the things that I've learned recently is that there are some exorcists, or even in our church, I think, there there's some people who don't even use the original yeah. Latin The Latin rite, rite of exorcism. Yeah. They, they say, oh, no, let's make it easier. Let's do it in English. Yeah. Well, guess what? There's a yeah. reason why it was in Latin. Latin yeah. is very powerful. And and, and what I, when I say that, 
you know, it was interesting. At one point, I was on a flight with someone, and we got into this discussion about prayer. And this woman, who interestingly is a celebrity, uh, said to me, you know, I love the fact that my grandmother um, taught me how to pray in Italian, which wow. is our, which is our, Whoa. which is our given, our family's yeah. or, or native tongue. When I pray in Italian, I feel like I'm more connected to God. When I feel like I'm more spiritual, and then I thought, you know, I applied that to myself. My native wow. tongue was was Spanish, uh-huh. is Spanish, and when I pray in Spanish, I do feel closer to God. Mm. Like there's a there's a certain power in the language, right? The and that's just a very simple like analysis of why we should really be considering the administration of the rite mm-hmm. of exorcism in Latin. Yes. Is there something yeah. to that? Is it's, that part of the you rules? Know, it, I've contemplated this before, you know, and like we're starting to learn more, like we're starting to be able to sort of learn more about these metaphysical aspects of, of you know, these supernatural things that we used to think were supernatural, but are now actually just part of the natural world, like frequencies and vibrations and you know, the power of positive words versus negative words. Oh, and yeah. So I certainly think that, you know, certain languages probably vibrate and resonate at some other, you know, level, perhaps, you know, this is just a theory, you know, right. the same way that that me telling somebody I love you is going to send out this positive, you know, it's a spiritual thing that's happening, but it's also a physical <laughs> yeah. thing that's happening there as well. You know, I'm laughing because when I say I love you in Spanish to to my to the love of my life, mm-hmm. she goes nuts. She loves that. She like receives it in a different way than when I say it in English. So yeah, yeah there's wow, definitely yeah. a power to words and, and to language. Yeah, sure. There, yeah. There's definitely the power, and like it's interesting because demons again, they are not bodies. They're not like us we're a body soul composite and the demons they're pure intellect they're pure spirit right they're not they don't have bodies now they can obviously like manifest our imaginations or we can see oh my god there's a demon and he looks like this but obviously that's not how they look like in hollywood of course they make them grotesque and disgusting and ugly and which makes sense i get why they do that uh but they don't physically have bodies and anything like that and then also yeah, the rules. They do have to follow certain rules. Why? But like, why? That's weird. Well, it makes sense because they're creatures. They're creatures. God is the creator. They and, can do nothing. They can do nothing and apart you know, it's, from it's, God. It's funny that you say that, how they yeah. look, right? Because I think some of the scariest demons are the ones that we are, that, that look friendly. Mm. How many times do we treat sin in our lives like a pet that we are sitting there petting and just, oh, I've got control of this. I'm talking about our personal sins, right? Repetitive actions, Mm -hmm. things that we fall short with or whatever. And we sit there and we pet it and we pet it, I'm in control, then all of a sudden that sucker bites you hard and it causes damage. And that happens inevitably, by the way, over and over. So yeah. be careful of this whole idea that demons are like, you know, something to be scared of that mm-hmm. look grotesque, yeah. that look Hollywood. I mean, yeah. at the bare minimum, if, if you're any, if there's any Christians listening to this that, that don't want to go into the deeper elements of theology and are maybe a little bit weary of the angels and demons aspects, like go into the gospel and read the parts about Jesus cleaning, you know, drawing out these unclean spirits, you know, like whether you want to accept the reality of demons or not, like, there are these unclean spirits that attach themselves to us and it manifests as uh, anxiety, depression, 
uh, anger, malice, like all these negative feelings and emotions that bring down this vibrational level, that bring down our, our, our spiritual well-being. Um, and these are how some, these are, these are basically how a, a demon would manifest, you know, and, and create havoc in our body physically for us or spiritually. It's all attached to our own sin. You know, they can't do anything unless we sin. If we don't sin, you know, they're, they, they don't do anything. But if we sin, that's when this happens. We, we sort of bring this on. And so we need Christ. We need the Holy Spirit to sort of cast those out of us. You know, uh, we need confession as Catholics. You know, anybody that's unbaptized, they need a baptism. You know, I think I think too. Our our our. Uh, you bring up an interesting point because yes, we've heard and we've even talked on this podcast about how the devil has basically free reign between your ears in your brain. That's one part. Mm -hmm. That's one place where God, because He gives us also, you know, free free will. He has really little control over what goes on in there when the mm -hmm. demon gets in there. So as a parent, one of the things that I just insist on all the time is that we protect the innocence of our children as much as mm -hmm. possible. And you, you know how hard that is in today's world. Very hard. Extremely hard. We, you know, you get you you set them off with a with a cell phone or a, yep. a tablet, and my goodness, here comes all kinds of yeah. stuff that they weren't ready for, and we're seeing a suffering of that. Yeah. We're seeing that play out. The, some of these young men that have no ability to to deal with that, and mm -hmm. their thought processes, and the way they hate the world, yeah. and they hate themselves. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I'm so glad that we didn't have a lot of that. I mean, we did have some of it, and we yeah. were just talking about growing up not so good Catholics. Boy, yeah. we we went looking for it. I'm sure, but to to be in your face like it is now, oh. it's strange how the culture has sort of shifted in, in some ways better and in some ways worse. It's kind of like, you know, I remember growing up, anything you watch on TV, it was usually like you know this dominant male figure that you know depending upon what what part of the series it was, whomever it was would have a new girlfriend, Indiana Jones or James Bond. You know, it's like we had this culture where it's just sort of uh, this bravado male figure, you know, that's been uh, championed and, and put on a pedestal. But nowadays it's, it's sort of we've we've taken that bravado thing down like we don't like that anymore. Um, and we sort of preach this this these fake virtues of uh, be good and, and do this and that. But there's, it's like we've become even more empty than we were before, you know, as, as a society, culturally, you know, uh, there's no real substance in, in, in many aspects of pop, pop culture nowadays. And yeah. It well, was falling apart back then. It's been happening now for decades, but now it, it's, it's getting dark. Well, even yeah. more malicious than that, I'm talking about the evils of the internet, mm. right? The, sure. <laughs> the, 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 the really i mean some of the shocking absolutely crazy satanic. things it's very satanic yeah very satanic. You know, maybe that's maybe the internet is some is some somewhat of the rock that's being pulled up and we're start, starting to see stuff scatter you know I, I have a feeling that some of this stuff was was always there it's just yeah. now we're seeing it more and and one of the other problems is too is that the internet has connected the creeps you know it's given all the people that uh have been keeping there's secrets, you know, to themselves, right. a community to share their dis Good disorder point. with, yep. you know, 
now you have entire communities all sort of relishing in the same yeah. nasty behaviors, evil stuff, right? Uh, that's that's going on. Normalizing stuff and stuff. It, it's crazy because when I grew up, my innocence was lost a long time ago. I would watch horror movies and then the, the sin of pornography got me at an early, early young age and all that. Like It's all dynamic stuff that it's just crazy. Very demonic, yeah. very and, demonic. And, it's subtle because you wouldn't think of that. We're like, wait, if it makes me happy, if it if it gives me pleasure, why yeah, who am I hurting? Yeah. Who am I hurting? If it gives me pleasure, like it's not gonna do anything bad, you know. So you know, one minute of pleasure is not gonna do harm. Well, here's like, no, here's what the at the end of the day, though, you know, one of the things that all these um, exorcists shared with me, and these are men, yeah, I was gonna ask who you, were like, called yeah. to be exorcists mm. in their in their own journey in priesthood. And, and you hear some of the stories and you're like, what? How can that be? That's amazing, wow. right? And and we can talk about that at some point. But I, I was very, very lucky. And I was also, because I was trying to figure out what was going on in my own personal life and why I was being attacked so much through my family and people the closest to you, um, you know, you you end up sort of going down those rabbit holes. and 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 the result of that for me... Uh, was an increased faith for sure. Your mm-hmm. eyes get open and you realize, oh my gosh, this is a lot more serious than people realize. But one of the things that was shared with me was when you realize that our entire existence, our soul is up for grabs and that that's what like the, the principalities and, yeah. the, and the demons and everybody are fighting for, for your soul. Yep. And then yep. when you start to open your eyes even more and you realize that this is a battle between good and evil for that soul. Yeah. You experience mm-hmm. uh, a veil that is lifted in front of your eyes and you see things more clearly, yeah. immediately. And the more you hone that, the more faith you have, the more time you spend looking at it, you start to see really kind of clearly what's going on. Definitely. And, and maybe that's why I, I focused on the idea that, hey, if we look at it just from a Christian Catholic uh, perspective in our catechesis and these rules that exist is the issue of gun violence, shooting, mass shootings, a mark of the devil himself going to work on some of these young men that did that, did that. And you it guys both, to be. you both is using that is using this to divide the country too, to divide people up. Oh yes. Uh, you know, <laughs> And well, he he's the divider. That. He's called the divider. The, like the liar and the divider. The divider. Yes. Yeah. The great liar. You know, like I, I, like it's like one of those things where it's like I don't even like want to give him credit because it's kind of like ah, you know, I hate his plans. But it's kind of like you got to call it. We got to call it. You, you got to identify and, him at least, yeah. right? You know, there's not many other people having this conversation, no. and uh, you know, you know, I'm not afraid to have this in the right context, you know, because. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go out and preach doom and gloom and the devil's going to get you. You know, it's not that way. I grew up in the Bible Belt. You know, like, I've seen sort of that approach to it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, we got to at least talk about well, it. Well, there's some know? people yeah. who I've spoken to about these subjects. They don't even want to talk about it. They don't want to even acknowledge they're like, the la, 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 Yeah, they're like, we don't talk you. about, we I don't even mention the devil. The devil's not an, the, uh, a factor. And I'm like, uh, yes, he is, uh, yeah. definitely. But, you know, uh, I, I want to ask you guys, what do you know? Uh, what is your faith what what have you stumbled upon i know I, I i got a perspective from from somebody i don't remember who who it was but it was a very interesting story 
What do you it's, What do you know, Raj? Well, you have in Scripture when you go back to the Old Testament, you have these shadows. Even in other places, most notably, you have the Book of Genesis with Nahash, the Nahash, the dragon coming in and threatening Eve, pretty much saying, "No, you won't die." But in a very, I've heard it described like a mafioso, kind of like the Godfather. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean I won't die? Oh, no, you won't die as saying you better eat this or else. And then Adam, as his duty as a man failing to protect his wife. Imagine if you're in the paradise, right? What's a paradise? A wall garden. Remember in the book of Genesis and scripture when God said um, he had to tend to the garden, right? When he's describing what he has to do. Wait a minute. You have to guard the garden. Wait, what do you mean guard from what? You ever think about that? Like guard the from what? Like, what do you mean? It's Adam and Eve. We're in paradise. What do you mean guard the garden? What do you mean? Well, the snake, the Nahash, Leviathan, Lucifer, he's there. Imagine seeing him. Snake, beast, dragon, I Game mean, of Thrones it, dragon. It may not have been like that. Yeah. It may, I mean, like that. It may have been garden snake, a little garden, you know, like, like a little garden snake. So I don't know. Sheen brings that, bring this up too. Maybe you know better uh, about that, Roger. Uh, Sheen talks about, uh, you know, the first sin. Well, the first, yeah, being, the first sin. Being, Sheen talks about maybe the first sin wasn't Adam and Eve's no, or or mm-hmm. lack of trust of God. To say we would be like gods and turning their back and not trusting in the God. It could have been the light bearer himself, the mm-hmm. angel, the demons. The, yeah, because demons are fallen angels. The angels turning their back on God. And the reason why they turned their back on God is because they saw, wait, the Lord, the creator, God himself is going to become one of these creatures. These He's yeah. going to lower himself. There you go. He's going to lower himself. To right. this, in the mud, in the grit, in the dirt yeah. of this baby, and to grow up to be Jesus, and we're going to worship? This, we're going to be, yes. they're going to be above us, and we're going to yes. worship this flesh? Okay, so here's the way I heard yeah. it, and and I'm really curious to hear yeah. our guest, uh, before I even tell you that, yeah, yeah, yeah. what what do you think um, happened, or how did this battle become a battle, and how, how was he expelled from heaven? The well, the way the way I've I've come to con, you know contemplating about this, you know, a, a decent amount. Uh, I it's about it's an intellectual. It's just they're strict. You know, uh, the, the angels are strictly intellectual, spiritual beings, and uh, you know, God manifested. You know, as his him expressing himself as the Holy Spirit. You know, would be able to commune with with uh, you know an angel. So, I imagine. Uh, almost an instantaneous intellectual battle of wits. Boring. So, I'm just, so you're where, saying it's like a chess match? You're saying it's like the a chess match yeah. or a mathematic of a spelling bee contest? No, I imagine Chris Helmsworth. I imagine Helmsworth <laughs> coming out with a big sword, right? And yeah. then you have like I don't know, maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger coming out, get down, come now, do it, do it. <laughs> and then all this battle, and then like um, let me see, uh, Satan's played by Christopher Walken. He's like, you you know, a lot of guys don't know this, but but I'm Satan. And then like this whole battle, and then Arnold's like with the boop, boop, boop. anyway. No, no, that's not. No, but go. Sorry, John. No, that's not boring. But well, intellectually, you're saying that it was a, a pure battle of intellect. Well, I I imagine that. That's about as much as I can go with it. Because like <laughs> I think to myself, okay, you know, clearly 
he was given, he probably wasn't given full knowledge. He wasn't given God's into intimate or uh, uh, eternal wisdom, you know, but he was given a substantial amount of divine wisdom and, and insight to know a good deal of what God's overall plan was. And mm-hmm. I take yes. it you know, like I think I think of it. He thinks mm-hmm. the same way that that like a hardline atheist thinks is. Okay. You know, like if I, if there's a paradox there, then I it must be wrong. He is not perfect, and therefore it's, the whole thing's a fallacy. You know. Hold on. I think both both of you guys are on right here. I think the you, Helmsworth with the grenade. Well, that one? Oh, no, okay, you guys both okay. touched upon something that the the version that I heard really kind of takes what you guys have both come up with. And wraps it all up in a nice package and puts a bow on it. The version is that that Satan was one of uh, Lucifer was one of God's most trusted yeah, the angels, uh, uh, and certainly at the highest level the, what of the is, hierarchies. The right. And interestingly, the version I heard also says that he was in charge of music and prayer mm, in heaven. Interesting. Which is very fascinating yeah. when you look at what happens in the music industry well, to me today, down here on earth. Real quick, that makes sense because I imagine Satan like listening to metal. He's like, oh, oh all right, dad. I hate my dad. And he's listening to metal. <laughs> and he's like, no, continue. I all right. So, so the plan, and like, like you guys just finished talking about, you know, he, he did have an insight into what, because he was one of his, his most trusted. Yeah. And God came up with this plan that he was going to create two humans that were going to be very, very special. And the two humans were Mary and Jesus. Mm. And he did not like that. You're going to do what? You're going to do what? You're going to make us, like, we have these amazing, we're way brighter, way more magical, way more amazing than these humans. Are you kidding me? And so he got jealous. And that jealousy left to this power play which which ended up, of course, in the battle in the heavens, and then God taking, uh, with the help of Saint Michael, leading yes. the, the battle right with the archangels, discarding, third, throwing right? all of these yeah. demons down to earth. Right. The and, only thing that 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 I would theorize slightly different, okay, is is that it wasn't pure jealousy. That it was he literally thought that he was more superior than God. What is Luciferianism if it's not self worship? He thought that he could see an outcome that God couldn't see, and that it was an outcome that he could win. This is this is the way that an atheist pride. They think that they have figured it out, and that you know God, you know if if he's an omnipotent God, then he's a paradox, and he must be good and evil, and so like. Therein lies the, the the thing. It's like he's not perfect. Therefore, if he's not perfect, then it's there's a weakness there. Uh, he sees an opportunity, and then goes for it. You know, that's 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 my theory. And right? as a as a result of all of this, later we have a special dispensation that Mary has over all demonic entities. Mm, yeah. You know, God gave her that, and it's fun, fascinating. There was one. Uh, uh, exorcist who says you know while we were training exorcists in rome we saw that play out there was a woman who was possessed she was a long time possession we've been working on her for like two years trying to get the demons to escape and at one point we have the the novitiates the 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 new exorcists that are in the room and she starts going off this diatribe about the catholic teachings and 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 uh, you know sort of sort of some pearls, some wisdom about the Catholic teachings, and we're all looking at each other, going, "Why is this possessed woman doing this?" And so somebody asks her, "Why that. are you telling us this?" And she says, "Because she's making me." 
And, you know, they, they felt that that was a sign that Mary was there present. And uh, she was giving instructions to the new uh, exorcists about um, some of the Catholic teachings right directly through this possessed person. It was a very powerful story to hear it told, you know, by an exorcist. I, I, I've heard that, what you just said. I've heard that. And like what John was saying is like, yeah, it's pride. It's pride. You always hear that. And then what if what is Luciferianism if not the self-worship of self? You see this in even uh, John Milton's Paradise Lost, non-servium, I will not serve. Lucifer, the highest of the angel, thinks he's like, look at me, how dare, look at my six-pack, um, look at all this, and you're going you're gonna to trade two humans. And interesting, in the book of Genesis, Genesis yeah. 3.15 says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head. That's Mary. He wasn't talking yeah. about Eve. Right. He wasn't talking about Eve when he said that passage. Yeah. yeah. Who is that? I will put enmity between, between you. And you the who woman. is the woman in Genesis that gives us a birth to crush the head of the serpent? Yeah. That's Mary. Proper, uh, proper Catholic interpretation or exegesis would definitely say that that's a that's a precursor. Uh, you know, that, it's a typology. That, there you go. Yeah. A typology of the Virgin Mary. Uh, yeah, yeah. A precur- precursor. I like the precursor thing. You know, there's so many different uh, things that are pointing to the, the coming Messiah and the things that are going to come in Old Testament um, scripture that, that's beautiful. It, it, it all wraps up again in a nice bow tied yeah. together, right? When you well, look here's, at here's a thought, like, because I've been thinking about, like, his, his, he's always, you know, Benedict talked about in his book, Jesus of Nazareth, that. You know, uh, it's important to interpret scripture, you know, in the terms of salvation history as a whole, you know, and then I was just thinking about, you know, the gospel and thinking about, you know, how the Jews, you know, perhaps the leaders in the Jewish community at at the time leading up to Jesus were probably expecting like this powerful Messiah, right? Yes. Uh, And what happens? Well, you have a, a meek and humble, you know, a lamb that's led to slaughter uh and and that is that is how god chose to to express himself in the most full way and i think that the people that failed to realize that that's how god would reveal himself were exhibiting the exact same emotions and the exact same sort of apathy that uh you know the fallen angels did prior to the fall you know, right. they were expecting to see something else out of God. And when they didn't see that, they thought they could kill him. All right. So, you know, our, our listeners are listening to all this craziness that we're talking about. You really <laughs> have to have a lot of faith. You really had to have had experiences in your own life like we did that, that caused us to become closer to God. And, and by the way, I've learned that God will always use those closest to you to draw you closer to him Amen. and things that happen. But Let's do something here, the three of us. Uh-oh, what I'm do you worried. do okay. as we as we get close to wrapping this up? What tool do you have? Oh, what do you like? Okay. What what do you what is your go to in order to keep demons at bay? Or maybe while you're under attack, right? Because we all feel, my gosh, sometimes you're just under attack. Um, what do you what do you go to? Okay. Well. Um I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should save this for some. Well, it's a real quick one. It's not like a big deal or nothing, but um, it, it kind of goes off of what you said. What do I do? Um, the rosary, the rosary, the rosary, the rosary. Also, praying the rosary. Yes, praying the rosary, 
praying the rosary for those if you're not catholic if, if you're um our christian brothers and sisters the rosary i'm sure you've seen one <laughs> hanging around somewhere a priest or there are even apps it. now yeah there's you don't there's now. you have no excuse now to the not Hallow, know how to pray Hallow app maybe it could be sponsored Hallow. i don't know but yes the rosary um holy water also and confession that's a big one rosary holy water and confession and the quick story on holy water real quick maybe i'll elaborate uh one time i had a brother-in-law and he just short version this short version something happened in his room he wanted me to bless it so my wife was like hey can you go in my brother's uh room and bless his 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 room and i didn't want to know anything of why i was like okay so i was like oh i gotta break out the old holy water and i get my super soaker and i load it up get the no i didn't do all that but i got the holy water and i went in and i blessed it by because we have command over our home god gives us authority we're priest prophet and king we're all bat right if you're baptized you're priest prophet and king and with that authority given by god given by jesus given by church i went and i blessed the 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 room how did you, holy the, water. tell us how that went like how, i went in there okay. and i had the holy water i always keep like a big old jug and i got a little jug and i went in there i prayed before and i asked god to give me strength asked Jesus to be with me, and I asked him to give me the power that he gave me, the authority over my household. Okay. So I went in there and said, by the authority that I have, by Jesus in Jesus' name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and I would throw holy water in all corners. Okay. It wasn't a ri- like, I was just, just to do, you know, it wasn't like this corner and then, it, it, then that's it. No, okay. it's more of a... I'm just going to bless the whole room. So okay. I just kind of went around and tried to bless the whole room, throwing holy water saying, by the power and authority that Jesus Christ has given me, in Jesus' name, I bless this house and I command you to leave. I command any evil spirit. And I just kind of said something like that. And I went okay. around and I prayed and nothing happened. I asked him, like, and to this day, I was like, did anything weird? Like, After that, no. Maybe I'll elaborate on what happened or later. what he told me. Okay. I'll elaborate for later. But as, as we wrap up there, I just wanted to say, so those three things, again, um, Holy uh, rosary, holy water, and confession. Uh, I heard an exorcist once say a confession is just almost as good as a, a full blown exorcism because they hate that the confessional. They hate that I mean, sacrament. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's basically um, what it is. It so that would be my closing thoughts. I just wanted to again on talking about Mary um, mm-hmm. being the typology Genesis yeah. three fifteen. All right. So now, what's your go to, John? Well, uh, uh, definitely, you know, the rosary is a big one. So in, in a pinch, like right off the bat, uh, prayers that I do, like if I am needing sort of immediate, uh, perhaps immediate response, I go to the memoraria prayer or the oh. Jesus prayer, the Jesus prayer or the, or the Our Father, any one of those three. And I don't really pick, it sort of picks me, you know. Mm. And so the memoraire is, is powerful. Uh, there's also a memoraire to St. Joseph. That's good. Oh, I've uh, got to learn that one. I've heard that one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The St. Michael prayer is when one you know that my mom taught me from a very young age. And then, of course, the Our Father, which is probably the most powerful hands-down single prayer that there is, I would think. Now, of course, the rosary, which you know has all of the you know, five or six Our Fathers in it, decades worth. The rosary is good. Uh, you know, you need 15 minutes. So if you need something really quick and you're needing mercy really fast, really right off the bat, the Divine Mercy Chaplet uh, is my go-to there. Oh, uh, that's because, that's yeah. really great, the Divine Mercy Chaplet. All right, I'll I'll follow up and I'll top over you guys and say that not only the rosary, I agree with you guys. That's very, very powerful. And again, 
Mary was given special dispensation over the demonic entities after that whole uh, incident. Uh, and, and I hear it over and over, and I see it when we pray the rosary at our house, especially as a family, we do see tremendous uh, relief, I think was the word you were looking for. When you need, when you need relief, right? Uh, when you need uh, some, some action. Uh, on top of that, uh, a, a novena, especially to the Holy Family, uh, in matters involving your family. That's a very, very powerful, oh my gosh, we've seen miracles like every time we do that. Um, yeah. And somebody told me, I've never tried it, um, maybe I haven't had the, the occasion to, or maybe not the discipline, but they told me about the 54-day novena, 5 plus 4 is 9. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's I've heard, on Hallow, I think. I've heard that that's like, whoa. I've only been the recipient of being able to see a miracle when somebody did that. They were doing that for a son who was addicted to uh, drugs and very, very depressed. And on the 54th day, I kid you not, we saw something here, there happen, really? an event that changed that boy's life, uh, an amazing, amazing event. And that was in one of my uh, retreat ministries. And wow. that young man went from being a participant in that retreat, a retreat that I had been inviting him to for months, and he kept saying, no, 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 no. Then this event happened, and he not only went to the retreat, later in a different retreat when you're sort of paying back, yeah. he uh, took on the role of Jesus Christ. And it oh. was just, oh, man, it moved wow. me to tears because I saw that miracle. And that was a result of a 54-day novena. So uh, for those of you guys listening out there, thank you for being with us. Yes. That's the wrap of our show for now. John, we will have you back for Definitely. sure um, because this is such a such a deep, deep topic. Mm -hmm. and, and, and really, it takes a leap of faith. And, you know, when it comes to that, let me say this. There can be two people walking side by side down the road of life. One of you has faith. The other one doesn't. And you can see things and events play out in front of you. And the ones who have faith can see miracles. Mm. The ones who do not have faith will never see them. So I leave you with that thought. I thank Great. you guys um, for, for listening to us today. Thank we you. hope to be back next week, next mm -hmm. Thursday, with some more interesting topics. Yes, definitely. And Roger, uh, God bless you, brother. All right. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, John, for doing this. And again, brother. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, no problem, man. Again, Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. Subscribe, share, rate, follow. God bless. God, God bless speed. you guys.